shotglassdigital.com. Geek Out Loud is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash geekout. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player of your choice. Audibletrial.com slash geekout. Help us out, guys. Come on. Come on, help us out. Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to Geek Out Loud, a very special Geek Out Loud, a bit abbreviated as this is a reaction to all the news uh, or the moments, rather, that came out of the Force Awakens panel at San Diego Comic-Con literally just minutes ago. Apparently, the entire uh, crew at Hall H went over for a special Star Wars concert. Uh, after the panel, and so they're probably jamming it up right now to some John Williams-esque tunes. And uh, while the rest of us are sitting at home basking in the glow of, uh, of what we've been given and what we've seen. Now, um, a lot different than the celebration-type coverage. In fact, I think Marvel took a page out of the Star Wars book and did celebration-style coverage because they've been doing a lot of live coverage from San Diego Comic-Con. And, you know, it only makes sense. It's Marvel. Uh, Some of the panels I've seen not to the quality, or some of the little bit of panels I've seen not to the quality that uh, the celebration coverage powered by Verizon was, but still, it's a great concept, and, and I'm glad to see that it's... It's catching on, at least within the corporation that is Disney. Uh, moments after the the panel was over, uh, StarWars.com released the footage that was shown, a behind-the-scenes reel, about 3 minutes and 30 seconds, 3 minutes and some change, of uh, some great behind-the-scenes stuff with people talking about what it's like to be back working on on Star Wars, they talk to the legacy characters. We see Princess Leia on set. We see some more Han Solo on set. Uh, we see a full-on shot of 3PO in that red arm uh, that has been all the rage with people ever since that cup showed up, that picture of that cup uh, with 3PO on it. So uh, really quickly, let's try to take you to that. This is the Comic-Con reel. Uh, you can find it on the Star Wars YouTube page. sets practical effects you've been here but you don't know this story nothing's changed really i mean everything's changed but nothing's changed that's the way you want it to be really to see the way the technology has evolved 
and yet keeping one foot in the pre-digital world. It couldn't be more exciting. It's still surreal. We are here on day one of Star Wars Episode Seven. Yeah, yeah. How incredible is that? I can die now. My whole life has led to this moment. I'm in heaven. I think we've worn the suit out probably quicker than we expected because every time you meet someone, they just want to hug you. Getting back to the old days, the old ways of doing things. JJ's trying to make sure these movies have a physicality to them. We truly are out in a desert, a real desert. Star Wars. I'd burn for Star Wars. <laughs> and I'm just going to bring this character to life. You don't get to build an X-Wing every day or a Millennium Falcon. Every day I come to work smiling. Energy and action! You have to pause, take a breath, slow down, and really not freak out. in the same room as all these legends and with all these new people who I'm sure are going to be legends themselves. <laughs> you know, it's being done with such love and such enthusiasm from everybody. And I think that you'll be able to feel that coming off the screen. It means so much to so many people. You just know what it's going to be like in the cinema. Star Wars is an important part of everyone's history. It's a beautiful thing to actually be involved in it. So that's the audio from that behind-the-scenes uh, reel that was shown, the Comic-Con reel. No trailer, as a lot of people, myself included, were speculating because uh, they said they're going to have a new trailer rollout in the fall. So maybe three months from now, uh, which would put it about three months out from the movie being released itself. Abrams is very much one of those people that like to kind of keep things on the down low as he's producing and doing what he's doing. Uh, remember all the Star Trek stuff that went on, and remember all the uh, all the all the things happening with uh, with that, where it's not con, but it is con, and that sort of thing. So uh, he's definitely going to try to keep everything under wraps as much as possible, and keep us in the dark as long as possible. We, you know, the, all the rumors, um, which you know are more and more and more becoming more and more verified, more and more verified, are happening, and. Um, and we're seeing those things kind of solidify up into into actual either, you know, this is in the trash or this is not. One of the rumors that was dispelled at the panel, Darth Plagueis, a no-show in The Force Awakens. And I'm okay with that. Um, I, you know, I, I hope that there are some things that link back in some ways to the prequels uh, more than just the... Uh, more, more than just you know the original trilogy, because the whole thing is one big saga, and I feel like it all needs to kind of connect to the entire saga. Uh, I like what 
uh, Harrison Ford was quoted as saying on the panel, he said, there's not new themes, it's the continuation of the themes from the trilogy that he was a part of. And I'll just go ahead and put this out there. A lot of people are saying that um, Harrison Ford got emotional at the panel, and just reading the fact that he got choked up talking about Star Wars choked me up a little bit. I, I'm going to say this, and 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 this is this is where I stand on this thing. I keep going in waves with the Force Awakens. It's like they know just how to capture me. If I don't know if I am the the core audience they're trying to snag or not, but I know that the minute I, my interest starts to wane and I start to feel a little bit unhopeful or a little less hopeful about it. They, they they snag me with something and drag me right back in, and my excitement level just goes through the roof one more time. And this has been, I think, the success of the marketing campaign of The Force Awakens, going way back to even the announcement of 789 and, and, the, and the Disney purchase and all the things that happened that none of us liked. None of us liked anything that took place after that. The canceling of the Clone Wars, the, the, uh, the shutting down of LucasArts, um, the 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 canceling of the 3D releases of the movies, all the stuff that they they took away from us, and then like we're going to give you Rebels, and I was very much someone who said I, I'm not sure about this concept. I don't like the concept of Rebels. I don't like the the characters that's uh, that's going that, you know that we're seeing here. I don't like the idea that that they all seem very cookie cutter, and then boom, they have completely caused me to do a 180 on Rebels. Um, and now, you know, as as they begin the marketing campaign and rolling out for episode seven, that first teaser hit back at Thanksgiving, blown away. Uh, you get you have six months kind of to kind of calm down and, and 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 process and be like, okay, whatever, we're good to go. You know, they roll out the names and you're like, okay, here are the names. That's great. That's groovy. They they did it in in the style almost of those old vintage cards. That's that's cool. Thank you for that. And then, boom, celebration hits. And it's just at an all-time high with the Star Wars enthusiasm and the Star Wars excitement. And then, you know, I'm not going to say that my excitement waned, but I just get kind of tired of hearing the same old things and the same old things and the same old things. And and to the point that, you know, it, it gets a little repetitive and gets a little redundant. And so I kind of pull away from it. And then tonight... Uh, as we're watching the Comic-Con panel coverage that people are doing, great people doing on Twitter. I, I, so many different things uh, happening um, around, you know, uh, around this panel. And so many different people tweeting out live. It was great. It was, it, was, it was fantastic, the coverage that was taking place on Twitter. Outdoing the Star Wars live blog. StarWars.com was live blogging, and I don't know if their, if their servers were getting cluttered or what, but uh, Twitter was outdoing the Star Wars live blog. And, and just a really cool experience to kind of sit and scroll through and see that and see that people were getting some pictures here and there. Uh, they said security had tightened up really quickly, and I was a little bit disappointed because I really thought, I was hoping that Lucasfilm had learned from celebration that hopefully this was a successful idea to stream these things live but star wars came through starwars.com the star the officials at star wars the official star wars twitter they came through released this reel very quickly afterwards um so i you know on one hand i was sitting there thinking as i was reading through all the news i'm like well i don't really have anything to say i don't have anything to comment about this and then as the news continued to roll as the different things continued to roll uh and then that 
and then the footage hits, I'm like, well, I do have some comments. I do have some things to say and, uh, and thought we'd do that. Now, a lot of people live in the chat are, um, are demanding that we do a crossover really quickly with the, uh, with the Star Wars report. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll try that now. They were trying to call, but I was in the middle of my monologue, guys. I was in the middle of, uh, 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 you know, talking and, and I, and I didn't need to stop. I, I was on a roll gang is what I'm saying. I was on a roll, not a jelly roll, not a, not a, not a Brown and serve roll, but on a Steve roll, I was on a roll. And, um, and so I had to get that out. I had to kind of get the first opening barrage of my thoughts out before I interrupted everything that was going on to think about. So I've let them know to give me a call back if they're still going. And apparently they are. So let's see what's going on. We welcome apparently to Geek Out Loud, uh, just a whole slew of people. Riley, Joseph, Devano, Mark Herleman. Looks like Ken Crowley's in this thing. Uh, all kinds of people are in this thing. What's going on, guys? What's going on, Steve? The, the great crossover has begun. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it has. So so uh, I guess you guys are really excited about uh, what we heard. You were kind of live potting as they were live tweeting, right? Yes, I was confusedly reacting to all of the Twitter as it happened live. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it was amazing. Yeah, you got... You'll see at the beginning of the, the Star Wars Report version of, of, of this recording, you will hear me truly lose composure, which I say with some level of pride doesn't usually happen. Squeed. In what way did you lose composure? I... I I, I stopped talking and then tried to talk for about 30 seconds and couldn't speak coherently yeah. and hooked up. Okay. Now, uh, I, you know, Riley, I don't want to take the wind out of your sails right now, but has anyone said you're coming in really hot on the old mic there? Yeah, and from your version, you're probably going to hear it a little hot. Uh, let me let me, uh, let me me pipe myself down a little bit, a little bit, a little bit there. Is that a little bit better, that's Steve? A, that's a little bit better. You're just coming in real. I mean, I can hear the excitement in your voice. You're coming in a little hot. Herleman, how are you doing over there? Doing pretty good, man. Pretty exciting night. Yeah. Are you? Uh, are, I mean, are you? Have you recovered from the loss of your beloved EU? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I, still some stories I'd like, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm all in. I'm invested in this universe as much as the old one. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. And uh, first time to the Geek Out Loud, or really talking to me at all, Joey Tavano. How you doing, sir? Steve Glosson. It is an absolute pleasure. It's. It is. A I'm a. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk calling to you. For, calling from my car in my garage. I had to get on and uh, just discuss this uh, this new footage. Your your car is not actually running right now, is it? No, absolutely not. Okay. Has that joke already been made? Uh, you, you be oh, not, not yet. Okay. All right. Good, good. Well, I, I try to be first with the jokes and, and last with any intelligent nonsense whatsoever. So... Um, I, to me, guys, the big thing to come out of this was the the behind the scenes reel they showed, and Star Wars just released. I mean, moments after the end of the panel, and kudos to Star Wars. I made sure to tweet out a thank you to them, and as I think everyone should, who's interested in watching this, make sure you tweet at Star Wars. Thanks for the thanks for the footage. Let them know you appreciate it, so they continue to do it, just like they did with the celebration coverage powered by Verizon. You know, let them know you're watching. Let them know you're there. Let them know you're excited about what they're doing, and and we'll get more. We'll continue to get more of this stuff. Uh, we'll start with you, Joey. Uh, I'm taking over the Star Wars report apparently too right now. That's uh, all right. That's all right. Let's do it because uh, it's all yours, Steve, for now. Because I think 
We've literally been broadcasting for two and a half hours. I've done that before. Uh, what what stuck out with you most with the footage, Joey? Well, uh, two things. First of all, I just saw Leia for the first time in 32 years. Yes. And that was like, I, I don't I, I, I it's hard to describe, but it's like seeing a member of your family that you haven't seen in so long. Yeah, she looks great. And, um, looks great. She looks unbelievable. And just, just having that character revealed for the for the first time in th- this long has been, that's really where it hit me hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second thing I have to say is this video showed the real heart of what this is all about. Mm-hmm. These people are making tangible models. They're working with blood, sweat, and tears. And uh, it's it really shows um, it, it, it has, everything. You know what? It re- watching it, it reminds me a lot of those old uh, making of Star Wars videos from back in the early 80s where they would take you into the creature shop and you'd see them working on these things and controlling, you know, with, the re- with like old school look like car remote controls, you know. Uh, RC car remote controls, just um, just controlling mouths and eyes and that sort of thing. It, it it really flashed me back to that. So yeah, it is. There's a lot, you know. Any any, I don't think that anyone ever sets out to make a bad movie unless it's like something on sci-fi and they're doing it on purpose. But I, you know, anytime someone goes into a production like this or any of the big blockbuster productions, no one wants to make a bad movie. But here you definitely get the idea that this is special to everyone involved. And I believe J.J. even said something about, you know, it's not enough just to be a fan because being a fan is not going to make it right. That He's someone who's very serious about getting the tone right and getting the feel of Star Wars right uh, when he does this movie. Herleman, are you looking forward to the 500-page uh, novel that explains why 3PO's arm is discolored? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of bummed that they're putting it out a month, you know, later. I, I don't really read that many books on ebook, so of course it coming out that day. I was a fan of the Stover effect with uh, Episode Three and how, you know, when I went and saw that one, I'd actually read that book first, and I really enjoyed that one the most out of watching them in theaters because of that. So it'll be interesting to not have that effect, but. I don't know. I, I'm expecting the book's going to be good with Alan Dean Foster writing it, though. Oh, sure. Well, I'm talking about a lead-up book that's all 3PO's adventure of losing his arm. All right, all right. I put a, put a, <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, you're on Geek Out Loud now. Well, I'd like to bring, <laughs> out, if I may, a very special guest as well in studio here in uh, Fayetteville, Georgia. It's, uh, it's my sister, Bethany Blanton. Hey, guys. No, hey. it's... Star Wars. It's so exciting. It's Prince Leia. It's Ray. It's the music. It's fun. Uh, yes, it's it is. Fun. Well, well, first of all, Bethany, what a cute haircut. <laughs> Why, thank you. Uh, secondly, welcome to Geek Out Loud slash Star Wars Report. More Geek Out Loud at this point than Star Wars Report. Um, and uh, what what? It, so is Leia what stuck out to you the most from that video, seeing Leia and Ray? It, that is to a degree, yes. Mm-hmm. And I would say the other one that definitely stands out to me is Harrison Ford and, and just his expression. He does not seem bitter. I'll put it that way. Like he seems touched by Star Wars and by the fans and by the magic that is Star Wars. Yeah, Riley, you know, it, it, Twitter was, was blown up with the fact that Harrison Ford got emotional at one point about the influence of Star Wars on his life and, and coming back and that sort of thing. And, and his quote was, it should feel ridiculous, but it feels great. 
to be back. Um, do you think that the response, the live response of the fans to him uh, has has anything to do with the emotions that he was dealing with? Or is it all Star Wars? Is it all surprised that, that he didn't mind stepping back into the role of Han Solo? When I saw him step up on stage via a Vine video, because mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the age right, we live right, in right, right. on Twitter, the, the beaming smile on his face as he walked up on stage and a moment later seeing a, a, a picture of him stealing a kiss with the princess yeah. is a Harrison Ford that I truly did not think existed anymore. <laughs> or and, ever. <laughs> well, that's true. Fair point. But just seeing that, I think... The, the the reaction even on social media and 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 as we were doing mark and i were basically in the final five minutes of the panel as we were waiting for the <laughs> waiting for ford to come on stage after they brought up uh carrie fisher and mark hamill we were basically just chanting ford 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 uh, while we were broadcasting live and, and and when he steps on stage just seeing twitter blow up is it's like a small taste of of what it must have been like to see han solo step on stage, and uh, I couldn't be more overjoyed. Uh, Herleman, um, what, what is your overall general response to, to anything we saw? What sticks out with you, not just from the, from the package reel, but the whole panel? Well, one thing I really got a kick out of was Simon Pegg being in it. I, I thought that was kind of cool. There are two trooper-like guys running down one hall that have a new armor that I've never seen before. That uh, kind of yes. jumped out to me. Yes. But the biggest one was uh, Ray herself piloting the Millennium Falcon. Like when they had her up in that gimbal and it was spinning around, I didn't see anyone else in the cockpit. That no, was an no. interesting moment. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Uh, to kind of, you kind of wonder where in the film that comes. You imagine that. I, I'm imagining, as I don't know how anyone else is, and this is pure speculation, that Jakku, the desert planet, is is probably the first act of the film, um, much like the original Star Wars. Um, and I could be wrong, I don't know, but you just wonder what has gone on at that point that she's in the Falcon herself. Is she the one with the Falcon? You know, I, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people were assuming that it would be Poe Dameron with the Falcon, if not Han and Chewie. But maybe it's hers. Maybe she goes and gets it out of hiding because it's that big a deal, whatever's going down. Yeah, there there are so many little angles in this that are play. I mean, you're looking at the base where you see Leia and you're just like, it looks like it's got a Yavin 4 feel to it. Mm-hmm. And you see the stormtroopers in a couple scenes before that blowing up into the air and you're like, okay, clearly we have more than just one location where big battles are happening. And I think for me, that's like one of the things that really draw me in on the on my favorite Star Wars films are the ones that have the, mo, you know, the most action with the space action and the lightsaber battles and stuff. And I kind of wonder, you know, how much lightsaber battles are we going to have versus these spaceships and stuff? Because I kind of starting to think that maybe the spaceships are going to be the the bigger deal here. Well, I mean, I I think that when you watch the original Star Wars, that, you know, the lightsaber, the actual lightsaber battle is a small, small part of that movie. It's huge. Mm -hmm. The ramifications are huge, but the battle itself, very, very short, not a big, not a huge, huge thing. And the trench run and the Death Star attack a little bit longer, you know, and and then you've got and you've got of course got the Falcon, you know, getting away from those four Tie Fighters and all those other things going on. Uh, it really is Star Wars, um, and and whatever's going on with the with the First Order and the Resistance. I'm like you; those those soldiers did stick out to me, and I'm wondering if that's the new uh, Rebel slash Resistance armor. Uh, Joseph, thoughts on any of that stuff? You know, I, I've had this idea that maybe there's more than two factions 
that are at war with each other in this new trilogy. Maybe there is remnants of some sort of galactic empire still. Maybe the Resistance and the Rebels, maybe they're two different groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really wondering if they're, this new armor is, is indicative of that. It, it, you're right. It could. It very well could be. Um, <clears throat> I feel like it gets. I feel like if that happens, and this is just me talking as a fan. And again, this is all speculation, folks. I feel like it could end up getting a little convoluted if you've got too many different factions at play. I feel like the first order is just a renamed Galactic Empire. Hold, you know, hanging on. Of course, we find Domhnall Gleeson. His name is Hux, uh, General Hux. Um, uh, Brienne of Tarth was there tonight. Captain Phasma on stage. Gwendolyn Christie. Um, you know, for the first time at a, at a convention setting like this for Star Wars, uh, as Domhnall Gleeson was there for the first time for Star Wars, and um, and and just a really cool, you know, situation. There, there are characters that are being revealed, but we still haven't we've we've seen the reveal of names, you know, like Maz Katana, and we saw a little bit of the Pitanyango uh, doing her motion capture stuff and that behind the scenes reel, but we've not seen anything of uh, Supreme Leader Snoke yet. Um, we it's confirmed in this panel that Kylo is a bad guy. Um, and he talks about, you know, there are people that are bad just to be bad is, is Adam driver's quote. Um, people are bad to be bad. They're just, you know, they're just selfish. But when you're evil because you think you're right, that's a whole different thing. And so this is obviously someone who's turned to the potential dark side thinking he's doing the right thing. A la Anakin Skywalker, a la Count Dooku. Um, are we going to have a redemption story as it, as it pertains to Kylo Ren, Bethany? I would actually think probably not, because once you do think that what you're doing is for the right reason, it's it's so hard to convince somebody to turn from the dark side, and especially if they think what they're doing is right, mm-hmm. that they don't have any guilt for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. R- Riley, strangely absent from the, the, the real... Uh, I don't know how strange it was, but, you know, conspicuous, I should say, conspicuous by his absence. Though Mark Hamill was on screen as Mark Hamill, we never saw any shots of Luke Skywalker. Is this going to play a big, is Luke going to play a bigger part maybe in the trailer that's coming this fall? I, I think so, and that's and that's another big reveal from, from Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, she talked a lot about the, that we weren't going to get any more trailers until the fall, and it sounded like, unless I misremember, it was only one trailer left. Right, right. Well, it'll be the theatrical trailer uh, that hits, and then there'll be TV spots beyond that. But, um, but you know, and that's that's you know that's different from the way Lucasfilm has done things in the past. You know, with, with at least with the prequel trilogy, there was a teaser, and then there'd be like two theatrical trailers, maybe. Um, well, I, and I speak as someone partially spoiled, mm-hmm. but like, from early rumors, and this is one one of the big reasons I stopped reading like the big spoilers and the plot summaries when they came out was because of the role of Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker in this film. And so I don't I don't really want to know because he is the most, as you say, conspicuous by his absence. I think he's going to be a very pivotal be part of a very pivotal uh, point of the film. And and I think I think it's gonna be huge. And, and if it's the kind of moment I'm thinking of, and I won't really even care to speculate mm. uh, because I don't even wander into that territory, but if if there is a really pivotal Luke Skywalker jaw-dropping moment, do we want to see that even alluded to in the trailer? I don't think that would happen. I think J.J.'s the kind of guy 
who would leave that for the film. Yeah. Yeah, someone in the chat actually just said they may leave Luke Skywalker for the film altogether. Or and and on one hand, I'm okay with that, depending on the the depth of his role in this movie. Um, and again, like you say, if it's just this one BA Luke Skywalker moment, no, I don't want that spoiled for me on screen. Uh, it just occurred to me right now, sitting here with us talking, that we could very well see Luke and Kylo Ren in a lightsaber battle. Uh, that just now occurred to me, gang. We've, <laughs> we've kept these characters so separate. I mean, really, the only the the only legacy characters and new characters we've really put together in any shape or form have been Han and Rey because of that Vanity Fair thing. And then we saw Chewie in the cockpit uh, with Rey, uh, you know, on this particular reel that was released. And, and how great is Peter Mayhew in, in the Chewie costume, by the way, Joseph? You know, he looks happier than he's looked in a long time and it's it's great to see him right where he belongs what was he doing was he in the question line or was he just sitting in the audience he did get in the question line at some point and but he he never asked the question (laughs) not to my knowledge that's just just standing there that's (laughs) that's disappointing that's disappointing i i figured that would have been a pretty special moment for him to do that um did y'all notice steve did you notice that what Leia is wearing in the reel mm-hmm. is exactly similar to the arm that we see holding the lightsaber. I mean, it is now like ninety nine percent sure that she is the one holding the lightsaber. If there were any doubts before, yeah. I mean, now Bethany, I don't know if you're familiar with how good I am at calling Star Wars stuff, <laughs> uh, but I'm a hundred. I'm a hundred percent sure that's that's Maz Katana giving the lightsaber to Leia. Yeah. So, Leo, right Saber, I'm, I'm very excited well, about this possibility. Well, if you if you know what lightsaber that is, um, that's the key there. Exactly, it, it is what lightsaber that is, and I don't know, you know, I, I don't know how much people in the chat know, or how much people are are listening to um, this, who who they're into uh, into what's going on. So I didn't want to. Uh, I'm sorry, Maz Kanata, not Maz Katana. Sorry, Darth Hound. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil too much for anyone listening. Um, so we we got to see some of those aliens from the from the Vandy Fair photo shoot. Got to see them in motion, moving around a little bit. The big, you know, overweight Bosk uh, with the woman who's sitting on his belly, basically. Um, <laughs> Jabba know, Bosk. Yeah, Jabba Bosk. Uh, and we we saw the old hog squaddle. If yep. you know to to, I guess that's the official name for all of us who listen to Rebel Force Radio. Uh, I was really excited to see uh, the lady in the gonk droid. You know <laughs> that the you know obviously they've got to put the top on it, but I think that's really cool. I mean, you know, th- that's the first really old school outside of these legacy characters. That's the first really old school thing we've seen in anything. Is this is is a gonk droid, and. So, and to me, I think that settled more in my little heart than just about anything else we've seen because all the alien pictures we've seen have been so new and, and a little bit different. And we haven't, you know, I was hoping that at some point we'd see a hammerhead instead of a hammerhead type. 
uh, you know, instead of a big fat Trandoshan, maybe a normal Trandoshan, you want to see an IG-88 and a junk pile somewhere a la Empire Strikes Back. You know, you want to see these kind of things. And, and boom, a gonk droid. That's, to me, that's awesome. That's just great. The only thing that gave me pause, guys, was that critter that uh, Warwick Davis was talking to. Uh, <laughs> the it, weird green head look? Yeah, it looked like something out yeah. of a Sid and Marty Croft show. You know what I'm talking about, Joe's. <laughs> oh, completely. completely. Yeah, you know, it, it, that did take me for pause. I'm wondering what they're going to have to do with the lighting to make that look a part of Star Wars. And I'm really wondering what Warwick Davis is going to be uh, portraying in this film as well. It was great to see him on, on that on that reel. Indeed, indeed. I, You know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if he's an aged wicket. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so as an X-Wing fighter. Dylan Newhouse's yeah. Dylan Newhouse has dubbed that little character Jar Jar Puffin stuff. I think we'll take it. I think we'll take it. Jar- I mean, doesn't he though? He's like it's like Oscar the Grouch got his head stuck in a trash can or something. He's just trying to poke it out and he puts some sunglasses on. It's like Oscar the Grouch out outdrew his uh out outgrew his trash can and he and he's sticking out of it. And then he painted it like Darth Vader. That's what that little guy looks like. Let me yeah, see if Darth Vader's dark side. <laughs> 55 seconds in though there's a there's a shot of Oscar Oscar Isaacs being led down like a detention level yes. by one stormtrooper and I, I you know I've watched this now like four times and the stormtrooper looks rushed so I'm like is this Finn inside it or is it someone else and are they on a mission is this something like what we see in A New Hope I mean because it, it seems odd to me that one stormtrooper would be marching him along with the I mean get it granted he's got the gun pointed right at him but yeah don't really go with one stormtrooper by yourself with a prisoner <laughs> well, I mean, he's got a gun. What you gonna do? You know, he's got a gun. So, uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm like you. I, I mean, I immediately thought, well, that's Finn. And and in my heart and in my mind, I'm thinking the next the next thing you see is the fight in that hangar from the trailer, uh, where you know where we see the things blowing up and, and stormtroopers popping up and that sort of thing. Uh, someone mentioned the shot of all the X-wing pilots standing around the Millennium Falcon. I'm I'm all about it, you know. Uh, there is a shot, and it does, man. That that base where 3PO and and Leia are at, it does have a very Yavin slash. It's a Rebel base for sure, you know, with the different technology and everything that's going on there. So great to see 3PO uh, guys. Anthony Daniels just kind of walking around the Millennium Falcon, taking a look. We also had confirmed something that was a rumor a while back. There's an Admiral Akbar mask you see them working on, and a I always said Neen Numb, but I guess it's Nine Numb uh, mask there uh, on set. So, uh, so very cool, very cool. Yeah, I'm now looking at this thing. It looks like someone took a mascot from a from a minor league hockey team, and <laughs> and Darth Vadered him up a little bit. He's like, "Hey guys, I'm Kylo Ren." That's what he's. That's what. That's what I imagine he sounds like. <laughs> it's such a goggles. The guy. It looks like his head is a boulder with moss on it. It really does. He's like moss. He's Ludo from Labyrinth. He's just had some stuff grow up on him. He's about to. Oh, Let's all be honest. He's about two steps removed from the poop emoji. He really. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> It's true. That's a great grab. He is two steps removed from the poop emoji. That's a very good grab. And, I mean, it looks like he's wearing a cape. I'm telling you, this little guy thinks he's badder than he is. 
You know, he's he's like, I'm a bounty hunter. Look at me, guys. Hey, everybody, I'm going to capture some bad guys. I'm a bounty hunter. Watch him really be a bounty hunter, too. That would oh, be fantastic. That would be great. Uh, I want to figure if he is, for sure. For sure. <laughs> oh, definitely. On a vintage card. On a, yeah. <laughs> Oh, by the way, the last shot of everyone sitting into the cockpit is is Han and Ray in the co- pilot and co-pilot seat, and behind them uh, is Finn sitting there. So, um, oh. and uh, man, I tell you guys, it's just it's some good stuff. It's it's great to see more of that Millennium Falcon set. It's great to see those the, those X wings in a hangar. Uh, you know, in the original Star Wars, they had one X-Wing and one Y-Wing, and they would just move them around the big set to give it the appearance of um, of, of a lot of a lot of different ships around. Um, every time they would change, like, the angle of a shot or whatever. And here, yeah. and here it's just, you know, it's really cool to see kind of a similar process, you know, with a few extra uh, X-Wings and stuff. And, and they show that crash TIE fighter and how they're using a model. Uh, and, and, and doing that work and, you know, doing some model work. So, um, you know, it, I'm not one of these guys who think that Lucas overused CGI in the prequels. Um, but there is, you can't deny there's something special about, um, there's something special about, uh, about these practical sets. And, and Steve, I'll tell you what, what I kind of said at the beginning of our, uh, of the Star Wars report episode, and that is, I, I've kind of the, there's a part of me that would have a little bit of a negative reaction, or at least some trepidation whenever I would hear them say, "And it's practical effects. It's practical." It, it sounded a little pandery to me uh, until, but this video and seeing the heart and the passion of the creators mm-hmm. just bleed through. Well, I, and seeing Mark Hamill when Mark Hamill says practical sets, I'm sold. I'm, yeah. I'm suddenly I, I'm I'm seeing a certain there's a level of the the prequel fan in me that kind of felt like i was being talked down to mm-hmm. i it just just died and and i'm kind of well, I'm, I'm all look i'm going to tell you straight up it is pandering when they say practical effects it is pandering i still don't understand the shooting on 70 millimeter film i don't know why i mean I, it, unless that's just how jj abrams likes to work you know there's nothing wrong with digital photography um but uh but it is what it is you know it's not going to affect my movie i if you're if you've got the youtube video pulled up guys at the one minute twelve second mark, at that big, uh, and this was, there was a lot of ado made of this about it being an old Macquarie design for for some of the outside of Jabba's palace, that big gate looking thing, uh, with mm-hmm. with the thing over it. If you look to the left, you'll see the wireframe of the Falcon, the ramps down. There's a thing there. So I, you know, look, I, I don't you take that what you will with the plot and everything that's going on. Um, so. I'm I'm pretty excited about but you what know we're what, seeing. What this, yeah. what this whole experience has brought to me is that it, for some reason, more so than celebration, this brought to my mind that we are in a new era of Star Wars. And it's not like I didn't understand that before, but I was always used to going to celebration and everyone going to celebration is a Star Wars fan and it's exciting and it's a community experience. But this was like... I mean, this is Comic-Con, and this is huge. I, mm-hmm. I mean, Star Wars is the next franchise that will be dominating Comic-Con for the next, well, who knows how many more years. And that's just sort of dawned on me, and it, it really excites me. 
Well, it's what's interesting to me is um, that for so long, Star Wars Day at Comic Con was all about. Uh, well, here's here's a little bit of a look at Clone Wars. Here's what's coming up in the merchandising. Here's you know, um, ever since the Revenge of the Sith reveal, there's been nothing that big, you know. But here we are now in an era where you know next year they'll be talking about Rogue One. You know, and then the next year uh, will be after apparently episode eight has been released, that sort of thing. So um, we're entering into where we're not going to be able to get away from Star Wars. And in some ways, I love that. In other ways, I'm like, be careful, guys. Do you share any type of trepidations like that with me, Herleman? Oh, absolutely. The biggest fear I'm going to have is going into that theater and walking out going, oh, man, there were so many things that just didn't get right. You know, I. I'm like I said, I'm on board, but there's a lot of stuff. I mean, even you know, Legends wasn't perfect. Uh, you know, there was a lot of crap in Legends. Uh, you know, there was a lot of good stuff, but there was also a lot of junk. Uh, and I would just hate to have certain angles played with that just don't feel like Star Wars to me. But then at the same time, I have to recognize that you know I'm into things that a lot of people already don't consider Star Wars. You know, I like the whole gray area that the Jedi talked about in the New Jedi Order and oh stuff like God. that. But come on, that's not something that's anymore. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you and I need to have a debate one of these days, Herleman. Uh Joseph, are you worried that there's too much Star Wars coming down the pipe? No, not at all. Um, I, I say bring it on. I'm not gonna get uh, I'm not gonna get burned out. and you know if if there's a miss down the road, there's a miss, but I'm gonna remain optimistic until then. I think that Everything that they have done to shepherd this into this era so far has been okay by me. And um, I'm just really, really excited to see this be an active and energetic franchise. Because there's been so many times throughout my life where it was really in danger of dying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after the 15 plus years of, you know, just a lot of negative sentiment out in the general public, I really want to see things turn around. And uh, I'm I'm really really excited for the future. Joseph is my new best friend. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I don't like they, that. Well, <laughs> well, as, uh, as as Cloud City Casino said in the chat, uh, what the H E double gaffy sticks is too much Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just you know I'm just asking because like I say you've got all these standalone films hitting. You know, the news was broken last, uh, you know, just earlier this week that the that, that the next standalone film is going to be, um, oh, what was the, what was, uh, Han Solo. And, yeah. you know, and it's like, okay, cool, I'm, that's fine. You know, I'm good with that. There are going to be people who loved A.C. Crispin's book who aren't going to be that happy with it, you know, her book series, and, and her book series was great. Um, you've got, uh, you know, then there's the rumors of... Uh, there was a rumor that the, the director for episode nine would be revealed at the panel tonight, and that what that didn't happen. Um, no, but they all got a Star Wars concert and got to listen to Force Awakens music. So there's that. Is that <laughs> what they're listening to? Force Awakens music. According to, yeah. uh, to Twitter, that they were tweeting out that they're playing. Uh, they're going to be playing Force Awakens. Oh, music. I hadn't see. I hadn't seen that yet. I've not seen anyone tweet that. So I'm in concert. Ah. Okay, so let me let me tell you guys why Joseph is most definitively right about this whole thing. <laughs> so I'm so happy now. Uh, but so the thing with Star Wars and possibly too much Star Wars is that 
we'll go the Marvel route with it, as we've all talked about before. But the thing is, even if certain things go wrong or a movie just doesn't quite feel right, or there's a book series that is just like, what the heck is this? And everybody agrees. Or if someone does parody songs about Darth Vader and his many prosthetic parts. <laughs> yeah. Hypothetically speaking. But even if there are gaffes, even if there are mistakes, that's the natural process in creating anything. And I, I expect there to be some of those mistakes. But if there weren't, then the franchise would never grow. And we wouldn't get the benefits of the creators learning from their mistakes and continuing to create. High five, Bethany. Thank you, Joseph. <laughs> well, fun. <laughs> Look, guys, I'm not saying that there's going to be too much Star Wars. I'm just asking if that's a concern. I'm just, I'm just having conversation right now. About- it's going to be a very different world, very different world to to, uh, to live in because it'll it'll be very Marvel esque. There will be films that aren't as good or that we don't like as much as other ones, and that's going to be kind of strange. The only person you know, that's going to there's too much Star Wars is the, the people that are the completionists, the ones that I got to collect everything with the label Star Wars. Those people's heads are going to explode. <laughs> you know, true. if I'm burned down the road, maybe I'll change. But uh, right now, that's not how I'm feeling. Sure. I, you know, that's yeah. No need to even bring it up. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Why did why would I even say such as that? I will say this. Uh, uh, I'm looking at the, uh, at the clock on our end. Uh, Steve, do you mind if I do a little bit of a, a wrap up on the Star Wars report end of things, and then kick you uh, kick you off to continue? You you go. I mean, you can go ahead and kick me off, guys. This has been Riley Bland, Bethany. Good yep. to talk to you guys. Well, and I will say this, Steve, before we jump off mm-hmm. uh, and say our proper farewells on the Star Wars report end of things. Uh, thanks for letting us do this little crossover. I'm sure. sorry I I told everybody in my chat room to start uh, to uh, to start attacking your chat room, uh, but it, but it worked out well. And and I will say this: coming up uh, to you guys listening to Geek Out Loud. Uh, first, if you like Star Wars, try Star Wars Report. But more importantly, if you like Steve talking about Star Wars. Uh, I'm going. Bethany and I are going to boot camp in like three days. To got to die and in the I'm, heat. I, I am somewhat uh, trepidatiously and excitedly and also somewhat nervously, but uh, overall I think uh, it'll be great. It'll be great, right, Steve? Uh, Steve Lawson's taking over the show for a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so so um so Steve will be jumping in on that. Uh, and and we're, Steve, thank you so much. Uh, so if you like Steve talking about Star Wars, uh, the next two weekends after you hear this, Steve will be doing Star Wars Report stuff. So that's really cool. And very nice of you, Steve, because uh, uh, Lord knows Mark doesn't want to have to take the entire hosting thing for the entire time at, uh, I'm doing uh, field training. So I would, I would dare say Mark does. <laughs> Mark? <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, if you run out, Mark, Mark will be doing uh, the hosting afterwards, so he may just be calling you up to do this great debate. Okay. Uh, that, oh, that'd be great, Mark. We can talk about how stupid you are for thinking that the gray area of the force was all right in the new Jedi Order. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> it was a fun place to play and dabble. <laughs> hey, um, Beth- <laughs> my show is going to explode in flames. Tune into it the next two weeks. That's right. <laughs> Bethany and Riley, good luck. You know, God bless you while you're going out to do that. And, uh, and, and I know it'll go well for you guys, and we look forward to hearing from you guys when you get back. Uh, Herleman, I look forward to, uh, to facing off with you on some EU debates. And Joseph Devano, good to talk to you, sir. Steve, it was an absolute pleasure. And we'll get all you guys' plugs in uh, at, toward the end of this show. So thanks a lot, gang. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you guys. 
All right, that's the Star Wars report, people. We're still going live here at uh, at the Geek Out Loud uh, for not much longer. Uh, not not a whole lot more to say. Darth Hound point out in the chat at the one fifty uh, at the one minute fifty second mark of this video. There in the creature shop, there's an R2KT. I don't know if that means that that character is necessarily going to be in uh, in the film, but it, I think it'd be very cool if it is. If you don't know about R2KT and what that represents and what that little droid means, uh, just do a quick Google for it and, and read the story. It's a great story. Um, it, R2KT has become the standard bearer for charity work in the Star Wars universe. And uh, always great to see that little droid around. So uh, looking at uh, the Surprise Star Wars concert, looks like they're doing some in-concert stuff. There's an orchestra there on stage, uh, some pictures being taken, people loving some Star Wars music out there uh, at the old San Diego Comic-Con, which is really, really cool. Uh, other things to discuss really quickly before we before we jump off this thing. Rogue Nation, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation is coming out soon, and that will probably lead to more news and more discussion, and hopefully that, uh, that moving poster uh, that was shown at Celebration finally being released so we can see that bad boy. Really cool to see the Falcon and just be inside the Millennium Falcon in this movie, and it looks like it's going to take center stage in a lot of different ways. It's definitely going to be a presence. Um in this movie, which is only right. It's only right that the Falcon is is there. And and, and back to these these rebel or resistance uh, type uh, places, it really does harken back to that original trilogy feel to those rebel bases and everything. Look, can't, couldn't be more excited. Uh, you know, Star Wars Celebration got me amped up. This amped me up a little bit more. It's a great, great video, uh, this behind-the-scenes reel that they... They showed us at Comic Con. It's it's a great behind the scenes reel, and, and and the passion and the heart for this thing does come out uh, in in what's going on. Kylo Ren stepping down a ramp uh, around the one twenty seven, one twenty eight mark um, could be an Imperial shuttle of some sort, but he's he's stepping off the ramp. The steam's coming out just like in the original trilogy. Adam Driver is a tall, tall man. And very imposing, in, you know, with a, a look that's very imposing in in his in his costume there. Um, just to see these characters moving around in motion, very very cool. And I think that's the big thing. Uh, a flamethrower trooper actually doing some flamethrowing. Uh, that's the thing. I, I think that's what to me is is getting me worked up and excited about this whole situation is the idea that we're seeing motion now to these things. They're not just still shots anymore. We're getting ever closer, ever, ever closer and closer to Star Wars The Force Awakens. It's going to be, I think, a great experience and a great time. It's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. It's a great time to see these things, uh, you know. Um, and, and look, guys, I, I'll, I'll, I'm a, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'll be honest with you. There are times where... You know, I get a little down about Star Wars. I get a little bit concerned about the the amount of Star Wars that's going to be hitting us boom, boom, boom right in the face over the next few years. But I'll tell you this: um, I uh, I can't I can't wait until the Force Awakens. I'm really looking forward to it. And and they've shown me nothing yet that's made my heart drop or made me be really overly concerned about what's taking place in the Star Wars universe, and uh, tonight was no different. This this panel from out at uh, Comic-Con, no different whatsoever. 
and I think that as as we get into uh, as we get into you know closer and closer to to the movie and we get more into the rollout of what's happening and, and what's going on with the different stuff um, I, I, I think the excitement level is just going to just grow and grow and grow and my head will probably explode so uh, make sure you check out Star Wars Report for Riley Blanton and the gang over there. They all do great work. Joe C- Joseph Tavano has his blog. I need to make sure I get exactly right uh, what it is um, because I don't want to uh, misplug anything um, that he has. He's at Joey1Kenobi on the Twitter, so if you want to give him a follow, uh, RetroZap.com. RetroZap.com. There at RetroZap, he fleshed out the idea uh, that was presented here on Goal. I'm going to say he got it from Geek Out Loud, even though I know he didn't. He said he didn't, but I'm going to say he did. Uh, that Palpatine may have killed Padme. And he fleshes out that concept and that idea there. So, um, I am, uh, yeah, so so check his RetroZap.com out. Star Wars Report at StarWarsReport.com. I'll be filling in for two weeks coming up here pretty soon. Keep your ears out about that. I'll definitely let you know what's going on with that. Watch your podcast feeds this weekend as we'll be dropping two or three things. And uh, get in touch with us, man. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. I've had a couple of emails come in just today that uh, I think are going to merit a lot of discussion uh, coming into the next Geek Out Loud. We've got some stuff concerning uh, episode six links to the phase three of the Marvel Universe or Marvel in general, and uh, a question about, an idea about uh, Luke as a Jedi in Return of the Jedi and what that means. So more Star Wars talk. It's what's on everyone's tongue, guys. And we've also uh, got some, uh, of course, Ant-Man's coming down the pipe, and I'm kind of anxious to see that. I'm looking forward to seeing what that's going on. Probably go see Terminator Genesis tomorrow, and we'll be talking about that. All kinds of stuff coming up on next Geek Out Loud. Geek Out Online at gmail.com. Geek Out Online at gmail.com. Uh, at Steve Glosson, at Geek Out Loud, at Golaverse. Don't forget at Darth underscore Duff. Uh, make sure you uh, are following him and give him a big pass the corn shout out every now and again. Book Club episode coming up in a couple of weeks. Ready Player One. You can head over to audibletrial.com slash geekout and get a free 30-day trial on Audible book, audio book of your choice. And um, check it out, man. Uh, it's a great service, over 150,000 titles to choose from. Use it to get Ready Player One or Ernie Klein's new book, which is coming out on Tuesday at the time of this recording, uh, Armada. Facebook.com slash geekoutloud. Thanks to everyone who supports us by using the Amazon links at geekoutonline and geekoutpodcast.com. And uh, if, for those of you who support us directly at patreon.com slash geekoutloud, I can't thank you enough for your support over the past year. You mean the world to me. Your support means the world to me. You guys mean the world to me. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time, guys, on Geek Out Loud.
I've fired up the recording for your insight to the to the wars. So uh, so that way I can tack it on to the end of uh, the the mini show that we did tonight. So what have you got, man? I appreciate man? that. Yeah, what do you well, got? Well, you know, I'll say this about about the uh, behind the scenes footage tonight that uh, you know I'm a, a super geek, you know, about Star Wars that uh, I've read the majority of the EU. Um, I've paid attention since Heir to the Empire to that stuff. Uh, my wife, Jennifer, loves Star Wars, and we watched all six movies together. Um, but tonight, both of us agreed that that behind-the-scenes footage was really more exciting than both of the trailers put together, in a way. You know, it made it all seem very real and immediate that there is a real, there's a new Star Wars movie coming out. In a way, you're right. In a way, it really does. And like I say, it really had, to me, some of the, you know, just watching those creature stuff, I said it on, and I won't repeat myself too much, I guess, but it just reminded me of the old uh, making of stuff where you got to go into the creature shop and see what they were doing there and see what they were making. Absolutely. Yeah, there was, there was a, a videotape you could buy in the, uh, early 90s, around the time when Eric and the Empire came out, called From Star Wars to Jedi, That's the making right. of a saga. That's right. And, and I remember buying that uh, at North Park Mall in Dallas, Texas, and bringing it home, and Mark Hamill narrated that yes. videotape. Yep. And it, yeah, it, that's exactly what that felt like. I don't know... Uh, I don't know if that's the same thing they showed after an airing of Star Wars on CBS way back in the day. But uh, there was a, a special airing of Star Wars on CBS. I've talked about this before. And yeah. it was hosted kind of by Mark Hamill. And uh, he comes out at the beginning to talk about, you know, the, the phenomenon of Star Wars. And then at the end, they did some making of stuff where they showed some Jedi stuff. They showed uh, they showed the... I remember just being amazed at a blue screen. I'm like, what? Because they just said it like it was no big deal that everyone's looking at a blue screen when they're flying to the Death Star. And I'm like, what does that mean? You know why does why is that a big deal? You know, right, not understanding right. what they were doing and how they could mat that on, you know, mat everything onto that, uh, because they just show the different layers being added. And um, yeah, this footage tonight reminded me of that very much. Uh, I think Kyle Newman is very wise in saying that there will be more CGI shots in The Force Awakens than there were in any of the prequels. Yeah, yeah, but but there will be uh, enough. Uh, reality and enough physical footage in the right places to where it feels real. Yeah, but you, you know, know but, but, but you know, I, I just want to say that other than one or two places in the prequels, it never felt not real to me. You know, I'm always able, uh, I, I've said this before, you know, I can spot the CGI, it's not a problem, you know. And, and even today's big movies, it's like, okay, CGI, not CGI, CGI. You know, it just has a, a look to it. They haven't quite gotten completely photorealistic yet. But there are some shots of Yoda, particularly in Revenge of the Sith, where I'm like, that's a little green man there again. Oh, sure. And especially in Episode 3, they get Yoda. They, they, they emulate uh, some of that uh, puppet work, mm -hmm. you know, with the wiggle and the ears right. and things, to, to where you really... You buy that as the same Yoda from Empire, and the cloth and effects. Really well. The yeah. cloth effects on him are just fantastic, you know. And, and so, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, I really think that, and, and two, there was a lot of miniature work done in all those films that people tend to forget because model work. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. a lot of model and miniature work because people forget that because the focus was on what we can do digitally because George was all about pushing the medium. He was all about taking the medium to the next step. You know, and now, 
quite frankly, Abrams is reaping the benefit of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he has all of that at his disposal, and he has uh, old techniques at his disposal as well. But it's all about what the, what, what the publicity uh, approach is. And the publicity approach will be, oh, look, look at these old-fashioned effects. When, in fact, they're using everything they have at their disposal to tell that story. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, uh, before I let you go, Steve, I know I've taken up a lot of time. Uh, yeah. But you, were, uh, you were teasing a guy about the EU. Yes. Earlier. earlier. Uh, where, look, here, I'm looking at my EU shelf right now, and I have a great big giant wooden bookshelf. Mm-hmm. And I have, you know, one shelf of that is my Star Wars book. Right. And, and about half of that are, are the Dark Horse uh, Star Wars Omnibuy. Right. And that's how you pluralize Omnibus, Steve. I, I don't know. You, you I, get with Omnibuy. Yeah. I've, heard Omnibu- I've heard Omnibuy is actually not correct, that it is Omnibuses. Oh, is that right? I've, that's what I've heard. I've heard, I've heard two oh, different camps. No. I've, nothing, oh, I've, I've never heard the definitive thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to look it up after we hang out. But anyway, uh, a lot of it is that. A lot of it's the novels. But what I did, I, I really did just flop it off after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I still have Truce at Bakura. Yeah, you know, thinking maybe that will work. But, but for me, it's a term that I call like uh, provisional headcanon. Sure. Like like this works until I am told otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know, and because and the fine. Kenobi novel, you know, or the Plagueis novel. Yeah. What are the chances those really are are made uh, so that they don't work? Well, you know what? I was thinking about the Plagueis novel the other day, and I love Darth Plagueis. I love that novel. What I don't, I don't think it quite lines up. I really think that Sidious had come to full power as the Sith Lord by the time he was in Episode One, or else it wouldn't have been Darth Maul. I think that's the key that you don't that that because you watch all these other people with their apprentices that they're trying to train to be, you know, to take their side to overthrow Sidious. Asajj never gets called a Darth. Savage of Press never gets called a Darth. You know, uh, the only Darth we have are Darth Sidious and Darth Maul. And so I feel like that Plagueis was already out of the picture. Um, you know, for for Maul to be uh, to be dubbed a Darth, because I don't think Plagueis would have let that go down. Uh, okay, well, well, fair fair point. But 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 my point that like with Kenobi or any number of those novels before the canon switchover that I, I loved them as stories and, and until they are blatantly contradicted that they're gonna still be like Star Wars stories to me that count right I'm you with know? you I'm and, with and you. the approach of the author seems to be let's keep as much of this stuff as we can I listen and they're doing a great job of it of that for yeah. the most part I'm not I don't bash the EU I can look at my shelf here in the Star Wars room right now and I'm the same way man I've got uh, I've got a lot of stuff I never got into the old 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 Republic stuff um, and nor I, did I and I didn't get into too much of the Dark Horse stuff but man, novelization wise, I read right straight through the New Jedi Order. You know, I was there for everything of it. But after that ended, I had a little bit of book fatigue. And by that time, we were into the prequels hard and heavy. And I was getting my Star Wars fixed that way. And I would still get things that yeah. con- connected the prequels. You know what I'm saying? But, um. Well, yeah, I sent a guy, a buddy of mine that came over for the, for the fourth that uh, loves Star Wars, but had never read a novel. I sent him. Uh, we were talking about Star Wars books. He saw that big shelf and kind of made fun of me a little bit for, for the, the size of my Star Wars shelf. 
And I said, man, if you're going to read one of those books, Revenge of the Sith is the one. That Matthew Stover novel. I mean, that that thing's kind of a, a wonderful piece of literature. It's very good. Uh, and I sent him a copy in the mail, and he emailed me today and said thanks because you were right. That that's just a it's a great novel, and I feel like Kenobi's a great novel. Yes. And, and there's great stuff in the old EU that I hope does not get blatantly contradicted because it's still it's still in my heart as part of Star Wars. Yeah, you know? but if it does get blatantly contradicted, as long as the story is great and good, I'm all about it. Sure, sure. No, I'll I'll accept that, but I can still kind of hold out hope that that it doesn't. So sure, I'm with you, man. I'm right, with well, you. That, that was a good. This is a good uh, Star Wars EU talk. Where do you where do you stand much. on where do you stand on Shadows? Shadows of the Empire. Yep. You know, I, I don't love it. Uh, that is a uh, a ripe territory for storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when Mar, I think Marvel will probably get there before anybody else. Uh, and I don't mind that, but if there's any, if there's any way I can make it work in my head, I'm gonna, you know, yeah, like yeah. I want to be as uh, inclusive as I can. Yeah. In my canon. Were you? Because I think I were, Yeah. How old are you? I am 35 years old. Okay. Do you remember the Shadows of the Empire hype? Oh sure, I bought the the soundtrack. Do you remember the soundtrack? Joel McNeely was the com- the composer of that soundtrack. Right. And I loved it. I loved. I loved the novel. That the N sixty four game was kind of crap. That was not a very good video game. <laughs> that's but that's true. the only aspect I did not like. Yeah, I, I just remember yeah. it was such a, a neat time because you had the soundtrack they released for it. You had the novel. You had the toys. You had it was everything but a movie released, and it was just a really cool, cool concept of marketing for that particular line. Um, you know, it was, it, it was, and I, the action figures—they were just there were too many. Uh, that's the only thing I could not keep up with uh, with my lawn mowing budget or whatever it was back then. What was you know? I, I never had a Prince Caesar or action figure, but oh, uh, yeah. but I'm going to have every Force Awakens figure, Steve. I'm going to do my best. Uh, Force Friday, I'm getting them all. I hear you. Well, I may. I'll, I'll see. I'm saving up to try, but. Uh... I tell you, I was thinking about these six-inch figures the other day. As much as it breaks my heart that the three and three-quarter line doesn't seem to be, you know, their focus. Oh, yeah. um, these, I like the fact that these these six-inch things come out in like waves of four, and though they're a little bit more yeah. expensive, you know, there's not like a there's not just like a slew of them, and they look good, you know. I, I know they do, but but let, let me finish with this. Uh, I, I was I was out of the figure game. I was only buying the books and the comics. And my wife bought me, you remember the Galactic Heroes? Yeah. She, you know, it was a birthday. She knew I loved Star Wars, and she bought me Galactic Heroes. Mm-hmm. Just whatever was on the shelf. And I said, oh, these are great. And I collected those, and then, I, and then that made me go to the toy aisle again, like I hadn't in a few years. And, and then I said, oh, look at these uh, three and three quarter inch figures. They still do. And I started collecting those again. And it just breaks my heart to think that, that maybe The Force Awakens... The main toy line is, is that six-inch line. Mm-hmm. Do you think that might be the case? Do you think that's what they're going to put? I don't. Here's what, the thing. What, like I, it, I don't think so. I, I think I, I hope that there's someone there that realizes their bread and butter is a three and three-quarter inch line. Oh, I hope so. And I hope that they'll get away from this gaming stuff that they keep trying to do, and and go to an app that's built around the the action figures. 
Well, see, that, that, that's great, Steve. Infinity, the Disney Infinity thing that yeah. you, uh, you and Teresa have been talking about. Mm-hmm. I love it. it. It's really a lot of fun. The problem is it, it, it's a money pit, like you read about, like Tom Hanks style. Sure, it, sure. It, it, it's, it really is. It costs a lot of money to get all of those figures. You're right. And I, I cannot do both with Star Wars. I agree. And my thing, and that's what I'm saying is, to me, if I'm Hasbro, I develop an app that's a checklist and some type of of uh you know either like rpg or puzzle game yeah you know similar to what marvel avengers alliance has uh on mm-hmm, the uh, mm-hmm. on, on that I, I play that you know I, I forget it's called marvel puzzle quest and you're basically doing a bejeweled type thing um with with colored I, I don't know from bejeweled steve is that like is that like bejazzling i don't know what that is no it's it's uh it's you're you're basically doing a candy crush type thing but each yeah. move you have takes power away from your you know takes health points off your enemy or hit points and the old hp yeah <laughs> right 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 and uh and and you collect characters and that sort of thing and i think that hasbro would be well served to do something like that to where you get uh you buy a figure and you get a Q code and it's in there you got a checklist you know they have maybe coming soon pictures all this stuff they could really do a great app with the new Star Wars app is is great you well know? I took a picture of myself as a Jedi in that app and that and that was that was fun uh, but but I think that Disney Infinity really should have not sold figures or you know that are Star Wars figures for that game. I think they should have let the the Hasbro figures be the figures you put into the Disney Infinity game, because as it stands, I will have to buy two Rays and two Fins. Yeah, but I mean, and two everybody else. I, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I don't think that's. I, I like what they're doing with the Infinity. I mean, there's a stylized kind of thing, and you have to choose one or the other. But you know, I am. I'm, yeah, but I'm. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm just, already into Infinity, but but I'm also into the three. Three quarter line, so that's 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 two uh, price tags for me on every new new character, and that's uh, I can't afford that at all. I hear you, I hear you. But well, anyway, thanks, Steve. Man, Dylan. this is awesome. Thanks for talking to me. Yes, sir. Good, so to, long. good to it talk was an to honor. you. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll keep you updated on the snake situation. I know you're interested. Oh, good lord! Don't uh, you had to end it with that, didn't you? Of, of course. I'm terrified. I'm Indiana Jones. Steve. I'm going to make a. To I'm going to make a trash compactor scene and have the snakes be Dianogas. Oh, I'm doing all right. Little late night goal and Star Wars report after this whole Comic Con thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now I'm just playing radio more than anything, but I've taken two calls in a row, which is not something you normally do on radio. But that's fine. <laughs> fair enough. Fair are, enough. Are you are you out of are you out of school for the summer? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm working at a law firm in town. Nice. Nice. Yeah. How were your grades? Oh, uh, the exact same as the previous semester, which is frustrating to say the least. So not good. Well, good. Well, fair. Fair enough. I'm I'm making it into the next the next year. Hey, listen. C's get degrees. Agreed. So Agreed. I'm all about that. And and without going into too much detail, personal life okay? Oh, um, well, we've been, uh, me and Rena, we're still going strong. That's what I like to hear. Uh, That's all we need to know. That's great. We we talk on the phone maybe every night for like two hours. Yes. It's a kick out loud love connection. Oh, and... It, it, 
just so you know, the Geek Out Loud story, everyone is just floored by will I buy that whole that whole that whole ordeal. <laughs> well, it's a good story. I mean, let's be honest. It's uh, I've given you guys a good story. I will well, I will take thing, that. Well, the thing was, Steve, was that she had actually, um, she, uh, sorry, she had actually listened to the show before I did. Like the the episode in which I sent that email and asked her out. She had listened to the show before I did, and so she she just sends me a Facebook message going, um, so I listened to Geek Out Loud, <laughs> and, and I'm like, and you're like, yes. She's like, yes, yes, I, I, I will go out with you. And it just it just kind of went from whirlwind from there. Well, there you go. Yes. But, Steve, one of the reasons why I call today is right. I have filled two gaping holes in my um, bl- in my cinema collection. Okay, what you got? Ghostbusters and Back to the Future. Oh yeah, I've you... never seen them before until the last week. Nice. And where has Back to the Future been my entire life? It's been waiting on you, Cody. It's been waiting on you. That that movie is flawless. Did you? It's, it's, did, perfect. Did, it's perfect in every way. Did you watch all three? I have not. Okay. I have not watched Back to the Future 2 yet. Okay. Uh, I, but lo- it has- I love Back to the Future 2 and 3 as well. It's a great trilogy of movies. And it has not dawned on me that at the very end of the first one, that they went 30 years into the future to 2015. Right. <laughs> so, I, so it's going to... It's going to be a little surreal. It was like back ten years ago when I finally watched when I watched the Transformers movie, the original. You got the touch, you got the power. Um, Transformers film, and it was set in uh, two thousand and five. Mm-hmm. Yes. The the future is a the, the future is a whole lot brighter than it's uh, is a whole lot brighter in these things than off, than often what turns out in reality. That's true. That's true. The the future of the the 2015 of Back to the Future is not it's it's kind of, it's interesting that because the te- some of the technology they have outside of flying cars and clothes that size themselves which you'll understand that but some of the technology they have we use but it just looks different uh, and it's a little bit different than what it's there on on screen um, but uh, the whole thing is 2015 is not the whole movie you know it just sets some events in motion. And they do a great job with playing with the first movie in the sequel and leave on a great cliffhanger that leads into the third movie, which is a fun Western. Um, now, what about Ghostbusters? Did you not like the Ghostbusters? Um, it was... I, and I, I need to kind of have you kind of talk, talk, me, talk me through this. I was a little underwhelmed okay. with, with Ghostbusters. All right. Um, <clears throat> Like it was, it was a fun, it was a fun movie, mm-hmm. and it was it was enjoyable for what it was. But it just seems like it, it just seemed like I had to accept a lot that was just kind of a given, a given in that world because it was just kind of assumed that ghosts exist, right? And it was just assumed that ghosts exist, even though like the world had not accepted that ghosts exist. But isn't that real life? Yeah. <laughs> 
Possibly. Not, Possibly, not, not but... that Ghost exists, but that the world hasn't accepted it. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair and, enough. And, but... and so my, what I'm saying is, um, it, you know, it's anything like this that, you know, in, in Back to the Future, time travel exists, but the world doesn't know about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so in Ghostbusters, you can't get caught up. It's a comedy, so you can't get caught up too much in the specifics of it. It's like that show Last Man on Earth. Everyone's like, well, where are the bodies? Well, that's not the point of the show. The point of the show mm-hmm. is to be a comedy. And with this, the point of the movie is to be a comedy, not get into the mythology of ghosts and where they come from and how they're still around. It's just like, like no, you know, what is Slimer supposed to be? You know, who is he the ghost of, and why does he look like that? It, it, you can't get into that kind of stuff. You just have to accept, well, this is a phantasm, and it's a spiritual being okay. of some sort, and these guys are just out to uh, bust some ghosts, and they ain't afraid of none of them. Okay, okay. Yeah, my over-analytical fanboy was, was coming out, and I was yeah, just kind you of just, you just have every to, part of that movie. Yeah, you just have to watch it as a fun comedy, as a funny comedy, and appreciate the fact that you've got some of the greatest comedic minds ever on screen together, uh, being directed by one of the greatest comedic directors ever. And it's just so, so much fun. I mean, you go back and watch the stuff there at the end where they're like, we got to cross the streams. and like, oh, cross the streams, you know. And Bill Murray just slaps Ray on the shoulder. He's like, I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. You know, it's just... <laughs> The little the little quips and lines are so good, you know. Back to the Future takes a lot more care in trying to set up rules for time travel. Ghostbusters not concerned with rules of ghost. It the rules of ghost are they're here, we can capture them and trap them and put them in this trap. And meanwhile, there's also other spiritual forces at work, you know, ancient spiritual forces at work that uh that are coming into play and and they're going to show up in the form of a giant stay puff marshmallow man <laughs> I, I i will admit that that was probably my favorite part of the movie was the stay puff marshmallow man it, it just kind of finally made sense because I've, I've been hearing all these references my entire life and now and now it's like that now makes sense to me now all all of it's kind of connecting again because there's just certain things about these classic 80s movies that just they permeate pop culture, even though you don't necessarily you, you don't necess- haven't necessarily seen them. Because I know, even though I haven't seen Back to the Future 2, I know about the self-tying tennis shoes. Right, right. The old mm-hmm. self-lace and sneakers. Yeah, yeah you know. Okay. Yeah, so. And so that's the thing. I mean, you know, and it's the same thing with Ghostbusters. It's definitely a... It was a cultural landmark, you know. It was it it was a it was a pop culture landmark that took place during that time, and you know, and it's lasted to this day. So, mm-hmm. good, good I, for I am excited for the for the reboot. The I, I'm looking forward Kirsten to it. Wig, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, I think it's a great cast, and I I think it'll be a great. I think it'll be a great thing. Yeah, I had watched a lot of Kristen Wiig on SNL when, during her run, and I. Honestly, every skit she was in, she stole the show. So I, I mean that that cast right there. I don't know who's gonna, who's going to be the, the show stealer because they've just got top notch comedic actor actresses. Agreed. I mean, I do too. I think so too. And I think that people are are selling it short before they give it a chance. So. Well, well I mean, that's kind of the na- that's the nature of any reboot. Yeah. Like agreed. you're you're always going to have people who just kind of pine for for the old days. I mean, sure. no reboot is ever going to be 
universally accepted until it comes out. Well, I'm I'm anxious to see Hollywood do uh, do something other than uh, reboots and remakes. You know, I'm I'm ready for Hollywood to come up with original stories again, and uh, you know, and make that happen. So well, sadly, sadly, in the days of internet piracy and um, other means to get media, Hollywood seems to be playing it safe. Um, with the, the with the time true tried and true tested methods of what worked, right? AKA superheroes, Star Wars, and uh, don't get me wrong, seven, eight, nine. I literally cried whenever they made they made the big announcement, and also everything that happened in San Diego Comic Con today. Like that, just Harrison Ford being at Comic Con. That mind, I'm still picking up brain put pieces on the floor. Like my mind has been blown so much in the last few weeks. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. So, but, but yeah, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Now, would you be in favor of a Back to the Future reboot or a remake? No, no. I, you know, you said yourself. Um, <clears throat> you said yourself that it is. Uh, it, it's a perfect movie, and and I don't feel like it needs to be touched. Um, you know what what could a reboot bring to it that it doesn't already have you know and i think that's the key i think that a lot of these reboots and remakes trying to bring something that the original didn't necessarily have to it uh whether it's just updated effects or whatever the case may be but i don't think you need that in back to the future it works as as a film from 1985 taking place in 1985 going back to 1955 and forward to uh 2015 and then back to 1855 it works on all those levels um Mm -hmm. it's the same way with really you know they didn't need a uh a karate kid remake uh when when they released that um they they didn't need uh, uh you know a lot of the things they've done some of the horror remakes and reboots they've done they didn't really need those you know because what was done was done really well and um and, and and doesn't need to be you know I, I just feel like there's a lot of stuff that doesn't need to be revisited because it wasn't so well the first time and rather than revisit things uh let's let's just try to to like i said make new stuff so you know. well i i tend to be I, I tend to be okay with remakes because it doesn't necess- it doesn't hurt the film that comes before if anything, it brings back the prior film back into the national consciousness and maybe introduce people to the older films, even if the remake and the reboot flops. Mm-hmm. But, like, I honestly began to watch the original Christopher Reeve Superman films in the lead-up and in the hype to Man of Steel because, you know, they were back on the DVD shelves again. Right, I, I right. can pick them up fairly cheaply. Mm-hmm. I have several seasons of Smallville, now, which I unfortunately have not seen all the way through because it's not on Netflix, um, because of you know a, a new take on the Superman character was coming out. Right, right. And you know, if if they were to you know touch the sacred cow that was Back to the Future, it could very well lead a whole new generation. I mean, I was born in 1992, so I just missed Back to the Future, you know, when it was coming out. Yeah, but, and to kind of going back and watching those old films. Yeah, but let me counter that with this, Cody. I think that what you know in in the, in a day and age where you have 
full access to digital downloads, you know, multiple video releases and that sort of thing. It, not having a reboot never kept other generations from finding older movies. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like that that's never been a problem, especially with the advent of home video. You know, as home video came around, we always got to go back and look at these things or watch them on AMC or whatever the case may be from black and white right on through, you know, to modern stuff. And so I don't, you know, I see your point, but I don't think that that is, you know, necessarily, I, I don't think that is necessarily something that's needed to reintroduce people to these things yeah. or, or introduce a new generation. I know that for myself, just talking about some of this stuff on Geek Out Loud, you know, I've had people in the past email in and say, hey, I checked this out on your recommendation and loved it, you know. And, um... I mean, I can personally say I would not be a Terminator fan, Superman fan, or a Muppet fan if it were not for Geek Out Loud. Well, that's great. I'm glad I could be a positive influence in your life. <laughs> so. And I'm probably the one Terminator fan that, unfortunately, has not seen Terminator 2. Oh, wow. Well, you need to see it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I jumped on with I jumped on with the Sarah Connor Chronicles, sure. and my my mother was a very much a hardliner on R-rated films, so I you. couldn't bring Terminator to, to in the house. I got you. My parents were the same way. I had to wait until I was in college. Um, yeah, I would I would definitely encourage you to let that be your next rental or something. So we'll do, we'll mm -hmm. do. So all right, but, man. Well, Cody, thanks for calling right. in, dude. Good to talk to you. Tell Rena we all said hello. Will do, will do. All right, have a good uh, night. Thanks for finally talking to you, Steve. Yes, sir. Good to talk to you, my friend. See you soon. See ya. Bye-bye. Mm, bye. Cody Murphy, we made a love connection with him. We're going to call the old, uh, the old geek out loud, the love shack. The love goal is a little love place where we can get together. Love goal, baby. I love gold, baby. That's that's a uh, what is that? That was a parody. Wendy, Wendy from the from the high desert. Wendy Cooper calling in. What's going on, Wendy? Um, hold on. I'm I'm whoa. Hold whoa. on. Hold on. Whoa. Why am I getting all this hold on mess from people? Dylan said it. Wendy did it. Come on, guys. Don't 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 make me yeah, vamp oh, when I'm not ready to vamp. What? Oh crap! Watch your language. It's a family friendly <laughs> show. I, I'm I'm all freaked out. What do I do? What are you okay. talking about? Okay, okay. Well, I had you on in the background, and you know you're supposed to turn your radio radio. Well, off. I can't I can't hear your radio. Just hit no. just hit the little button up next to the volume thing. I, I got it. I got okay. it. Okay. I got it now. I just got freaked out. That's so. all. Mm, that's it. <laughs> I did not cuss on the air, Doc. Yeah, you did. Oh my gosh. That's crap. Wait, well, watch your right. language. There you go again. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. As long as I don't have to wear Dylan Newhouse's hair shirt for penance, I'm okay. Uh, what's so, a hair? What? Oh, we're talking penance. What's a hair shirt? It's like a shirt made of hair. That's disgusting. And you've got to wear it for penance. People actually wear this thing for penance. What? <laughs> what it's kind gross. of? What kind of hair? I don't know. I didn't look that close. I guess hair hair. I don't know. <laughs> Dylan, what kind of hair? That's what... <laughs> it's just... 
learn your Christian history. I don't remember that being in my Bible. Oh, come on, so Dylan. Come on, Dylan. Jeez, camel hair or is it, lamb hair? I was going to say, is it, is it camel hair like what John the Baptist weared? Wore? That would probably... Weared? <laughs> I could llama hair, llama hair. Llama. Okay. Eat the food, Tina. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, anyway, hi, Steve. How are you? How's it going? It's going great. So, my husband um, is friends with this lady, mm -hmm. um, Facebook friends, and yeah. she's totally geeking out because she's in San Diego right now. Oh, nice. And Peter Capaldi just walked into the restaurant she was in. Oh, wow. Doctor Who himself. So yeah, so she's totally geeking out and, so you know, nice. hitting the... I know, right? So, can you hear my Amen Corner? I do. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Amen Corner. So, anyway, she, she actually came by and said, so, are you going to call in? I said, maybe. Why? She says, well, tell me when you need an Amen Corner. Oh, wow. Nice. So, it's good to so have you. It's good to have a partner in crime. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, she's geeking out, which is like the closest I'll ever get to Peter Capaldi is just the fact that, you know, my husband is Facebook friends with someone who saw him. So that's my I thought I honestly thought you were gonna say my husband's Facebook <sighs> friends with this woman and she's single and you should meet her. I I didn't know what was coming <laughs> just then. I was like, oh, no, no. I was Why like, we've we've already had one good love connection on goal. Let's not press our luck. You know what? I I don't do that. I tried to do that once, and it uh, it didn't work. So I just quit. So you know. So, Steve, I do have a Star Wars thing I want to talk about. Who'd you try? You've tried to make a love connection in the Goalverse? No, no, oh. no. In my life, okay. I tried to All right, set I'm with somebody you. Up. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to start meddling. Yeah, no. And it's just, ugh. oh gosh, the chat is crazy tonight. Gee whiz. So, what was I going to say? I'll say this, Wendy. I totally trust you. You and Carissa are two people I would totally trust to set me up. Okay, okay. I'll keep that. I'll keep that in mind right. when I get up my list of all my single friends. Yeah. Gee. Well, and if let me tell you something. If the description starts with she has a great personality, she's out. <laughs> she's out. So just don't even. You could be beautiful. Just shut up and let me look at you, right? Yep. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Jeez, you don't even know what he's saying. No. No. <laughs> Listen, they just know they agree with me. What you talking about? That's right. That's right. Come on. So, anyway, uh, we were talking Star Wars way back when the... Uh, see, now I'm all excited and I can't think. It makes me crazy. The Return of the Sith. The Revenge of the Sith, yes. Revenge of the Sith, sorry. Mm -hmm. The Revenge of the Sith discussion. And uh, we were talking about, I don't know, we were just talking about the whole Star Wars thing. And my husband says, yeah, here's this, here's the lightsaber that you killed all those Jedi babies with, you know. From, <gasps> and, <laughs> and my daughter says, what? <laughs> and wow. I looked at her and I said, Oh, you don't know that part, do you? <laughs> oh, my when, Lanta. Because whenever we started watching them, she was so little mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that when it came to that part, I just kind of skipped over it. Because she didn't need to know that. She's just a little baby yet. We don't need to show that. <laughs> so now now the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> well, well, here, here's the thing. You just blew my mind because I have not considered that 
fact that the lightsaber that Obi-Wan gives to Luke Skywalker is the very same lightsaber that was used to kill Jedi and Padawans and younglings alike. And, oh my gosh, yeah, that's huge. No wonder they're looking for it. That's, mm. <laughs> there you go. You didn't put that together? Come on, Steve. That's kind of important. I know, I know, but it's just, it's it's like to say, it's like I knew it, you know, and it's like, Oh, yeah, well, Anakin was a, you know, he went Sith when he had that lightsaber. But I've never put together, it was a tool literally used to destroy such innocence. Yes. You know, until just now, talking about that. Um, because, you know, there it is. There it is. You, I mean, Wendy, well done. Well played. Yay! Well played. I the, get Star Wars points. And they gave lightsabers to everyone who went to the Star Wars concert tonight. <sighs> That, just, that would be so cool. That ticks me right off. Yeah. Have you seen any of the Star Wars in concert? Yeah, yeah. We went back when it was here, when they were going through the through the stuff, and uh, through when they were on tour, and they went through the Atlanta yeah. area, and we went, yeah. Yeah, went we with, saw it here. Went with Dave Jones, um, <clears throat> and uh, had a good time with with him and his wife and, and my ex-girlfriend, you know, and so... That's a you know that's a damper on the whole thing, but yeah, was she your ex girlfriend at the time? No, she's my ex girlfriend now. She's my oh girlfriend okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. So it's not a happy memory then. It is. It was a great time. What I what I remember most and what I loved most about the concert was when they hit the cantina band. There were a couple of little boys sitting a few rows down from us with their family, and they just started bouncing up and down like dancing <laughs> to the cantina song, and I loved it. I thought it was great. I loved all the kids that were there. Yeah. Well, so. my little kid got it got her own we had to pay for her little lightsaber but it was just one of those lightsaber keychains and that was pretty cool mm -hmm. but it wasn't like a real sure well i mean i'm sure they weren't handing out real lightsabers. well i mean this there's not even a real lightsaber but you know i, I understand what you're saying a real, though a real play one i got you i'm with you <laughs> thank you so much i'm with you i know exactly what you're saying so thank you so much well thank you for blowing my mind okay well so you know what great. i do what i can all right. <laughs> well, tell your amen corner hello from all of us. All right. And uh, and uh, thanks for calling in. Always good to talk to you, Miss Wendy. Night. All right. Talk to you later. Bye bye. And that's uh, that's Wendy Cooper calling in from the high desert. 